We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You are listening to KC Sports Network, proudly presented by M-Prize Bank, your partner in Possible. Coming up, the latest episode of 21 Questions, a Q&A style show covering whatever our subscribers feel like hearing about. And it's presented by Macadoodles, your one-stop shop for beer, wine, and spirits. Now in Kansas City, the latest episode of 21 Questions begins now. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another edition of 21 Questions brought to you by arguably my favorite sponsor on the pod, on the Paul Podcast Network, Macadoodles. Listen, the draft is a month and change away. And there's going to be a lot of people coming to Kansas City. There's going to be a lot of people needing to buy booze to go have a good time at the draft. I can tell you, you need to go to Macadoodles. Drive yourself to Lee Summit, Missouri. Go there if you've never been there before. Go there, take a picture, send it to me, find me wherever you can and send it to me. And I want to see every single one of those. You're going to have a great time, great customer service, great prices, elite selection. You're going to walk out of there so happy that you're going to go to the draft and be so happy with who the Chiefs take that you're going to almost be as happy as I am to get to talk to my good pal, Maddie Lane, Maddie, my friend, 21 questions. I get to do this with you. I love doing this with you. Buddy, it's been a long time since I've been on 21 questions. Let me tell you, um, just the way our recording schedule works, this film rooms, this also being, you know, usually later at night, just the way things shake out. It's been a hot minute. So I'm, I'm happy to be back here. It's draft season. So I guess I can make myself more available for these things. Maybe we'll get draft questions and not questions about the chiefs that we answered for the past 18 weeks. <laughs> Yeah, we definitely uh, we definitely will get some draft questions in here. All of these questions are cold from the KCSN Discord channel. If you are a subscriber, by subscribing to KCSN Daily, that's kcsn.substack.com. Now is the time. You go sign up, you get the KCSN Draft Guide. It's, it's an awesome resource going into the draft. And you get time on the KCSN Substack. You get to read a lot of the film breakdowns. We're breaking down free agents and stuff like that right now. So you can go back, find out about Drew Tranquil, find out about Mike Edwards. You get to read a little bit more about everybody, and you get access to this Discord where you can ask questions. So we'll get right in. Grayson leads us off here with a good one, a guy that's still available right now. Thoughts on bringing back Byron Pringle? What would you feel comfortable paying him? And can he replace some 
of Juju's role and take some kick returner reps from Isaiah Pacheco so he can stay healthy. Okay. Um, MVS, Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, right? That's all we have locked in for sure. Correct. As playing wide receiver. There is, we want Justin Ross to be a thing. We want him yeah. to somehow to be part of this. What do we think? Like 95% plus likely that Justin Watson's back? Yes, I would guess that's a very high likelihood. Okay, and then so that's five. And even if you want to count Ross as a half, we're at four and a half. Then you're going to add in at least one rookie or one like established vet to that group. That's six, six and a half, like that's five and a half, six. I'm having a hard time justifying a roster spot for Byron Pringle and for Justin Watson at this point in time. I get the fit in terms of kick returns and a special teams player, but that's kind of what Justin Watson's there for minus the kick return stuff. So like, I think you just kind of have to hope either Sky Moore is better at returns or you could put him on kick returns and let him do that and not punt returns or that Pacheco just does it or corner develop like somebody else. I don't know if you can sign another wide receiver specifically to do that. And in terms of like his role in the actual offense, I don't know. I think it's just the just, I, I think he would be more the Justin Watson role or eating into MVSs. And I don't know if that's any benefit to this team. I will say this, Justin Watson was trusted by this offensive staff to play more significant snaps when receivers were healthy than Byron Pringle ever was in any of the years that he was here under Andy Reid. I like the thought. Like, if you wanted to tell me that Justin Watson signed him for somebody else, yeah, absolutely. Bring Byron Pringle back in. Like, he he yes. knows, uh, knows the offense, can contribute on special teams. Great guy to add in there. But if you're choosing between the two, I think the staff and maybe even Patrick Mahomes would prefer Justin Watson on this team. So, we, Watson, we'll on Pringle, Demarcus Robinson, they're all out there right now. One of them's coming back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Boy, let's just hope it's one. <laughs> let's let's hope it's one. Camp bodies are great too. I don't know. Can't be Marcus Kemp though. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> All right. We got Keith McLean here. This is a question for Maddie. Perfect. Maddie, who, who's great? Jordan Foote for producing this podcast does a fantastic job. He is great. But it's Craig. We all know it's Craig. It's always Craig. Always has been Craig. Always will be Craig. The correct answer is Mina Kimes. Lee87 in my G co GM. As you can tell, uh, we got a lot of people in here that we're going to read off a lot of team names. That's for the member mock that's getting ready to happen here on the KCSN Discord. These teams that are general managing the various teams as part of a full seven round mock draft with trades and everything. It's going to be great. Five draft prospects and their farm animal equivalent. We don't have to do God. five of these. Let, let's let's just think about this a little bit. I'm going to go ahead and take Keandre Coburn. And uh, uh, Maddie, uh, Maddie has a, a, a pig. His name is Tank. Coburn is Tank. He's the most oh, fun-loving pig that's out there. He he's he's great. He's not the biggest pig that's out there, but he'll hold his own. He'll shove it around. Plus, your pig can sit, and so I very smart pig. All right, Craig, I got some news. I'm glad you're sitting down. We oh, sold no. our pigs. We sold tank. We sold meatloaf. I'm finding um, out about this on the podcast. I'm sorry, genuinely. I didn't realize. I did. I didn't realize I hadn't told you guys this yet until until I saw this question. And this is Jordan. Up. I'm gonna need to cut this. I'm gonna I'm gonna need an emotional break here. This we um we were running out of space 
for our pigs. We when we had like all four plus piglets, they tore up all the yards, and I kept trying to let them out into the yard, but the uh, meatloaf, one of the pigs, kept breaking out of our perimeter fence and roaming the neighborhood, and so I have no grass for them to eat, and I could didn't have a way to keep them in like the entire property. So we sold them to a place that has twenty plus anchors acres and other cooney coonies where they just get to go run wild and have fun. So he is having a good time. He's going to have the time of his life, but we did just sell him like two days ago. Dude, I'm sorry, buddy. I know. I should have broke this to you. I should have called you and told you, but it's been a whirlwind over here. I didn't even get to say goodbye. I didn't even get to say goodbye. It makes you feel better. They brought treats, and they were we were trying to lure them into the trailer with treats, and he kept sitting every time it was his <laughs> turn to get a treat. <laughs> it was very counterproductive. Did you, did you consider maybe giving up your bed? So that the pigs could have some place to stay. I'm just saying, maybe something that you should have considered. No, we have for auctioning to sleep. Ball. Like they have a house, and their tusks are coming in too. So every time I rebuild their house, they just destroy it with their tusks. And it, it was time. They, you know, they were fun. They were good. If we, if they could stay in the yard, they'd still be here. But they meatloaf just kept breaking out, and only so many times <laughs> I can loop down the street with a bucket of acorns before <laughs> we got to make a move. Um. I got one. We spent a lot of time here, but I got one. Josh Downs, the wide receiver out of North Carolina, to a goat because there's a lot of wasted, useless movement for no reason. A lot of skips, a lot of hops, and a lot of wasted movement. If you've ever seen a goat just run around for no reason, a lot of wasted movement. Love that answer. I really do love that answer. Our guy, Zach Eisen, asks, favorite round one plus day three wide receiver pairing. Maddie, do you have one off the top of your head? Because I got one that I can go with. Okay, you go first. I, I, would say, I don't know if I need to pair around one wide receiver with a day three wide receiver. Just like going back to what I said earlier, we kind of got a full room. You just need talent at the top. Like, anyway, like, okay, go ahead. Yeah, I'm, I'm going Quentin Johnson. Uh, big yeah. X-type receiver. He's got some speed, but a bigger dude can still take the top off, do everything that you need to do. Coupled with it, he's out of TCU going to be a round one guy probably if he doesn't go round one he's going about the earliest round two that he possibly can and then a guy that these guys picked in their mock draft for the kc laboratory oh. without me demario douglas out of liberty guy. guy that can operate out of the slot a little bit he is oh man love demario so I, I think that that pairing fits two different needs for this team I don't think it intersects with Sky Moore as much. They're they're a little different slot receivers on the interior, and certainly Quentin Johnson is his own X-type receiver on the outside. I think there's plenty of room for those three guys, plus what you're doing with Kadarius Tony. That group makes sense to me as, as a young wide receiver core. Okay, I got one. Jordan Addison, wide receiver out of USC, formerly of Pittsburgh. I think he might drop a little bit. The athletic testing just wasn't great, and the size concerns... Quentin Johnston, Jalen Hyatt, Zay Flowers, Jackson Smith, and Jigbo. I think they're all going to test at a level that you want for an NFL wide receiver. I don't know if Addison does, but he's still really good. He's proven at Pittsburgh and then USC that he can play in any system. Pro style adjacent there at Pittsburgh, then going into whatever, you know, Lincoln Riley's crazy offense there. I think he can play. The problem is you're going to have a little bit of slot only concerns. You're going to have a guy that's not taking the top off. So like if I'm pairing somebody with Addison, I think he's reliable. He can come in and play on day one. He's going to tear up the short to intermediate range, but he's not going to provide you with a ton of dynamic play. So I want to get some, out, some size on the outside. I want to add some dynamic ability. I'm torn between two. Either Jonathan Mingo out of Ole Miss makes a little bit of sense, but I'm actually going to go, I'm going to go riskier. I feel so good about Addison's safety net here. Kayshawn Booty 
Booty. I think it's actually pronounced Booty. Kayshawn Booty from LSU. I, I know the athletic testing wasn't there. The jumps were really yeah. poor, the, weren't great. But man, you throw on the tape when he's healthy. He out-athletes SEC guys left and right. Like, if there is a chance that one day three wide receiver, if I had to say one day three wide receiver becomes a star, it's the guy that has played like a star at the highest level of competition he's seen, and that's Booty versus the SEC. So give me the safety net of Addison, the risk that is Kayshawn Booty, but take him there in day three. Like, I, I don't know. I feel pretty good about that coming out. I mean, yeah, got just some shocking testing numbers from from Kayshawn. Yeah, I mean, right. one nine-inch vertical. Like, that's, that is scary low. That is a second percentile. That just doesn't happen. And he's not the biggest dude. He's 5'11", 195. So, and but then have- he ran like a respectable enough 40, right? Like, 4'5 is right. not good, four, but five. it's fine. Yeah. It's fine. So, it's like, does he just, and does he not just, just not know how to jump? Did he not work on jump? Like, you know what I mean? I don't know. And it's not like he's the most polished receiver and he's got yeah. drop issues. Like, this is a risky pick. Don't get oh, yeah. wrong. It's just when I go watch his best plays, when I even just go watch him against Georgia, go find me a single wide receiver who looked better versus Georgia than Booty, Booty did this past year when he was technically not having as good of a year as he did previously, right? So, like, it's just, it's a risky pick, but, like, I'm going to rely on those five flash plays and just see mm-hmm. if it works because I feel really good about the safety net of uh, Addison. Oh, yeah. No, you you put the five flash plays on there and you get everybody hyped. Now, you may not want to show picks six through ten, but the five are really yeah. good. Actually, his, his six through ten aren't bad either. That, that testing is just, it was so it's surprising. It was so it's the testing and the drops. Right. And then you got to, you know, you had to figure out what was going on with them going back to school. I'm coming out. You know, there yeah. was something with an athletic, you know, person working in the athletic department. Yeah, there's some stuff that you got to figure out. That's why we're talking day three, though. It's a risk. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Okay. Zewer85 asks here, is at this point in time when we are recording this, Chiefs have not traded for a wide receiver. There are a lot of wide receiver trade questions that are coming here. We'll we'll kind of hit or mit, you know, skip around here. He says, referencing Des Bryant, what is the likelihood of the Chiefs signing Odell Beckham Jr. and trading for Dem- uh trading for Hopkins? And what do you think the offense would look like? If they did. Well, first of all, I think it's about a 1% chance that that happens. I just don't think that they're going to attack with both of those guys. I know what Des said. Have it for me. 0.05%. Okay, so there you go. What would the offense look like? Um, Terrifying. Absolutely terrifying. And I know that there's some serious injury risks and serious injury questions there. You know, DeAndre Hopkins isn't the athlete that he once was but he is still a wide receiver one type player on the outside that you can count on to gain separation. I mean, we've been talking about him relentlessly over the past two weeks. Now you've got a guy with Odell that also has a wide receiver one ceiling that can slot into this, and Kadarius Toney, who when healthy in an Andy Reid offense, has a very high ceiling as well as a wide receiver. I think with those three guys, it's going to be hard to take individuals off the field and the only time that you're taking individuals off the field are because they're hurt or you're trying to protect them from getting hurt so in that scenario I think the wide receiver room probably takes you know the the growth of some of these young guys probably takes a serious step backwards because they're not seeing the field hardly at all so long term it may affect the team a little bit more but man 
that offense goes from last year being basically number one in the league and everything to being number one in the league by a large margin if you got all of those guys available to you. Yeah, I don't... I'm trying to think. I think if you get both of them, you're going to kind of pencil in DeAndre Hopkins into the Juju Smith-Schuster role where he's working on the slot and outside, working short to intermediate, the occasional contested stuff on the sideline, and he'll just be better at that than Juju was, right? Like, that's where I think you would put you'd put Nuke then you would put Odell Beckham Jr. as the main guy on the backside of these 3 by one stuff, and then you would cycle through Kadarius Toney and Sky Moore as like this primary slot guy. Juju played out of the slot, and so could Hopkins. Actually, this past year for Arizona, he played his most snaps out of the slot since his time with Houston, so like it's already in there a little bit. Like I just That's how I'd see the wide receiver breakdown going. But to Craig's point, you're only funneling Tony and Moore into kind of this one group. They, they can't really do what MVS does. Maybe you can throw them out there for a few snaps, but they can't really play that role. You want them to be playing that. You want Sky to start playing that Juju Smith-Schuster role, but if that's his competition's DeAndre Hopkins, like, I'm not I'm not taking DeAndre Hopkins out, right? So, no. Right. So, like, I, I do think that you're going to stunt the growth a little bit of those young guys. That's why I feel better about one or the other. Um, I do think it would work. Like, it would clearly work. But mm-hmm. I think I think that's a move you more make if Kadarius Tony in the middle of the year isn't staying healthy. Or if somebody gets hurt, then you go get Odell if he's still available. After, like, you go get one of those two guys. Maybe you try to address it with another person if someone gets hurt. Maybe. I just That's why I think it's unlikely you get both. Yeah, no, I'd agree with all of that. And I'm going to agree with whatever the advertiser coming up here has to say. We'll be right back after this break. You're listening to the fastest growing sports media network in Kansas City, KC Sports Network. We'll be back right after this. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. We are back with the questions coming from the KCSN Discord here. Arrow asks, how long after he retires will it take Travis Kelsey 
to get a statue in Kansas City. Oh my and god. Would it be improper to start that before he does? Maddie, what's your thoughts? I mean, it needs to be started. No, you can't start it before a player's done. Um, I think that's bad. That's gotta be some kind of bad juju. I don't really believe in stuff like that, but like I think that you can't start it until the guy's done. Um I don't will Clark Hunt do statues of anybody? Does Clark Hunt seem like a guy that would do statues of a player? Let's let's talk bust. Like the the bust in the ring of honor. Just the just the head for the people who don't know. Just the head and basically yeah. shoulder pads there. Yeah, I mean, like I, it should be immediate, right? Like it should be immediate. It should be done. Um, you can't start till now, but it should be done. Yeah, I I would agree. Yeah, it 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 needs to be done. Basically, the day Travis Kelsey says, "You guys, guess what? I'm hanging them up. I'm not coming back." Like the next day, that should be done and up. In the in the Ring of Honor, just go ahead and put that man in there because he's going to the Hall of Fame immediately anyway. I know that's going to leapfrog a bunch of people, but man, he's tied in one of all time. So yeah, li- yeah. Wait, just now the just more important it. question: What's the the hair situation you're putting on this Kelsey bust? Are you going to mustache? Are you going shaved head? Are you doing the high and tight with the big sick flow? Like what is full beard? Like what is the Kelsey facial hair? I mean, we got to go to full beard. I feel like, you know, January, February, Kelsey with the full beard is when he's at its best. It's when he's got the most memorable moments yeah. in Chiefs history. Go, so you probably got to go shaved head, right? You got to go kind of like yeah, a, yeah. So Short, shorter the hair. Flow was the flow was there for a while, and it was it was good as working. But I think that you know the Super Bowls have come. Well, the second one especially with the, the shorter. I think you got to go with the shorter hair. Like I don't know, that's just that's the option. All right, hard hitting questions, baby. The, the toasty Cardinals GM. Seven on seven, the team of Maddie's versus the team of Craig's. Who wins? The team of Maddie's. Ties in with Joel Pinfield. Who has the best RAS in KCSN? Maddie. Okay. Moving past. How did we how did we get here? How did There's we get the, here? The bait. Uh, what if it's seven on seven in like chess? You win. Yeah. I don't like they play a ton of chess. So I don't play any chess. I know how the pieces move. That's it. That's literally all I know. I only know how the pieces are supposed to move. That's all I got. <laughs> but like, if we're gonna do like, like you know, like uh, abacus races, you got me. What is an abacus race? <laughs> and then just you literally went, moving the you things across the abacus. You tell me. Damn it! I walked right into that <laughs> one. Zach, other Loomis Cowboys co-GM says, assuming pick thirty-one is off the table in the draft this year. What is a wide receiver one-esque trade candidate you would want Peach to try and pursue that might be had for pick 63 or future picks? That's really tough. Like, I, I went and I took a look at, like, the 2024 NFL free agents just trying to see, you know, somebody on the last year of their deal because you're not getting a young guy for that. Uh, a young guy that's going to be a wide receiver one because that team is going to want to either move on for him for much more than that because they don't want to pay him or he's not really good enough to be wide receiver one. You're looking at maybe Mike Evans. Um, I, he he would classify as like a wide receiver one type. Matt, it, does anybody else jump out to you that is a realistic tra- I mean, Jerry Judy, Cortland Sutton, like th- those guys would be nice, but Denver ain't trading with Kansas City. Um, The, the one that always jumps out to me is Brandon Ayuk. Um, and that's just if you're sitting there and the 49ers say that, Hey, we're not going to be able to pay. We don't want to pay him and Debo for our offense starting next year. Right. Um, I guess they technically will have a fifth year option on him, but I just, 
He's the only guy that jumps out. He's going to be 26 years old this year. He's coming off his first 1,000-yard season. He's gotten better every year. I think Brandon Ayuk is on the cusp of breaking out to like a mid, a low end to mid wide receiver one. So he's the one guy. The problem is the Titans had to trade pick 18 and something else to get A.J. Brown. If we're talking about the Chiefs not spe- I don't think he'll be the same price as A.J. Brown. Don't get me wrong. He's not as good as A.J. Brown yet. But like, right. he, if we're talking about not giving up your first round pick, like you probably would have to give up a one next year and something from this draft class. Is Brandon Ayuk 100% worth that when you're about to have to pay him? That's where it gets dicey. But like, he's the one name that always jumps out to me when I'm looking for a young top end wide receiver trade candidate. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that does. That makes sense to me. All right. Moving down the way here. I love this question from Leighton Y44. If the Chiefs had the number 15 pick in the draft in honor of Patrick Mahomes, who are you taking if you're Brett Veach? Let's just, you know, try to try to be semi-reasonable there, Maddie. Who who are you taking here? Um, there's this weird thing happening in the in the draft, like mock draft world right now, where Miles Murphy, defensive end out of Clemson, keeps falling for some reason. Um, I'm taking Miles Murphy if he's falling and he's there available at pick 15. Uh, no questions asked. 270 pounds, six foot five, defensive end with long arms. He does all of the normal spagsy stuff. But then he's also like really explosive. And there's flashes of the ability to bend. And like I just I if you want to tell me that one defensive end from this class just has becomes amazing, not just really good, but like becomes like borderline Hall of Fame, give me the guy that's the biggest, most explosive, potentially the fastest of the group that's also still young. And that's going to be Miles Murphy. It's like him versus Lucas Van Ness in terms of who's going to be like the best athlete. Watching them play, I think Lucas Van Ness is a lot more linear than Miles Murphy is. So yeah, Miles Murphy, if he's there at 15, I think would be like a no-brainer pick for the uh, for the Chiefs. It feels like a little bit, and this isn't going to be my guy, but it feels like a little bit that Nolan Smith and Miles Murphy are going to be flip-flopped once the actual draft occurs. Yeah, I, I mean, I I, so. it seems like Nolan, it. Nolan Smith is, you know, consistently going to the top ten in a lot of NFL mocks right now. A Brian, Brian Burns Montez set sweat situation happening right before our eyes. Right, a little bit, a little bit like that, where we where we kind of flip those guys without. Any real need to do so? Nolan Smith is going to be really good. Don't get me wrong. He's going to be really good. Right. He's going to go very high in the Love draft, him. but he's not better than Miles Murphy, in my opinion. He's just not. I, I know the testing numbers are there and everything, but man, Miles Murphy is good. I'm going with Paris Johnson Jr., uh, offensive tackle out of Ohio State. You fix left tackle. You just do. Uh, you you plan him right over there. Jawan Taylor stays at right tackle. That is a terrific offensive line day one. Paris. Fits checks a lot of Andy boxes, checks a lot of NFL boxes. Like he's just a really good left tackle. He's going to start for you at left tackle day one. He's going to play all throughout his rookie contract, and he's going to be a good, potentially top ten left tackle for most of that rookie contract. That's about all you could ever ask for a guy at pick number fifteen. Like that anchors your line. So that's who I would do if that was the case. We got to shout out jump yeah. one eighty and then pass set. Or is he just going to get you? You're not on Twitter. You probably haven't seen it. One of the workouts from his pro day, they literally had his back to what would be the line of scrimmage, vertical jump, 180 degree spin. When he hit the ground, then he went into his pass set for about 15 yards. I don't know why, but he did it. Oh, I know why. Buddy, good. I have watched Andy Reid come up with some crazy stuff on offense. Fair. I want to tell me that Andy Heck didn't show up to the pro day and just be like, all right, Paris, 
I know there's probably not a chance, but we got to get you to do this just to make sure you can. This is the next thing in our arsenal. We're going to have all the offensive linemen approach the line backwards and then jump, spin 180, and we're going to snap the ball after you guys are set. It's a penalty, but who cares? It'll be cool. Anyway, uh, shout out. We're going so fast here. This is good. Dip Falcon uh, and uh, Thanik here for basically a lot of questions about the wide receiver room, questions about the state of the wide receiver room and stuff like that. But that leads us into this question that is also about the wide receiver room. Jerry Jones, co-GM, also goes by Brandon W. Who from KCSN is the most concerned behind the scenes about the wide receiver room or who worries the most in situations like this versus who is the most calm? I read this question and I thought this is such an excellent question, Brandon, because yes, when we do the podcast, we come up with all of the logical reasons why things are happening. We we try and take the fan brain. You know, we still got it going on, but we try and take the the, the reactional fan brain stuff and we, we bury it just a little bit. That way, you know, it's not just being completely reactionary to everything. But that doesn't mean that that doesn't happen in the DMs or in the chats or in anything like that. Maddie, who would you say is the most worried and who is the most we know we know this answer. Who who's the most worried? I mean, I'm the most worried. Yes. Right? Like we we all know that. We all know that I'm the most worried. On podcast, off podcast, I'm the most worried. And like like Craig said, th- and this is true on if we're doing something like, you know, outwardly facing or in like DMs or text messages or anything like that. I can give you the logical reason why not to be worried. I can give you the logical reason why this is okay. However, that's still not gonna stop me from trying to talk about what I think is the best path for the Chiefs to be better than what they are for them to be the best team they can and right now I see absolutely positively no way this team is comfortable going into the draft with a wide receiver who can't play more than three games in a row without being healthy a wide receiver they only trusted for jet sweeps and a guy who can have six catches and essentially win the AFC championship game and then the only play you remember from him in the Super Bowl is a very bad play where he ran the wrong route turned the wrong direction and looked like a two by four trying to adjust to a football like I, that can't be what you go into the draft with at wide receiver. I don't understand how we're at this point, or if we get to that point of the actual draft day of being at that point. It's like I say, I'll say it publicly, but that's also where I am behind the scenes too. Um, so I'm the most Craig agrees. I'm the most worried behind the scenes too. The most calm is hard. Camp behind the scenes kind of falls into a little bit more of like the the, the Homer category yes. sometimes. Like that's he'll exactly slide into like the. He slides into the like, oh, you know, the Chiefs are so great. They got this figured out. No worries. Whereas I think Craig stays more even keel, right? Craig's never too high, too low. He's just right down the middle. So like, I'm not, I think Craig's the most calm because I, for some reason, Kent's buy into the Chiefs like they can do no wrong irks me. You guys can tell him that too. I, I, I know. It, well, he knows that. He does it sometimes. Does. I tell him that. Purposefully knife under that skin. But yeah, I know. I just, I try and stay. Calm, unless it's game day and I'm on a live stream. You guys can all pull up all the yelling and screaming and stuff like that. I saw those screenshots circulating again. That was wonderful. Speaking of circulating, we're going to circulate to some ads real quick here. We will be back right after this. You are listening to KC Sports Network, your home for the best coverage on your favorite local teams. Whether you're a Chiefs, Royals, Sporting KC, KC Current, 
K-State, KU, or Mizzou fan, we've got you covered. Find KCSN on your favorite podcast platform. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Are back we got a question here from Bones Jackson. Any concerns about the crazy amount of penalties our new left tackle has amassed in the last three seasons? Kind of tagged up by uh, Patriots co-GM Bill Belichick. Said, holy cow, he had more holding calls in 2021 than Orlando Brown has had his entire career. I mean, yes, he does have a lot of holding calls. Yes, he does get penalized a lot. I do think... A lot of that, if you're kind of going historically, and yes, he, he had plenty in 2021, don't get me wrong, but historically, you look at that, that was a very undisciplined football team. There were just a lot of penalties going on with that Jacksonville Jaguars team. Yeah. So I do think that that's some of it. Um, I do We do see a lot of cleanup out of guys under Andy Heck. It's just, I don't know if it's, a, if it's a discipline thing, if they just work harder on making sure that everybody understands Patrick's hard count. If, you know, they just work a little bit more on hand placement, whatever the case may be, it does seem like guys come into the Chiefs offense or specifically come in under Andy Heck and some of that stuff gets cleaned up. Now, maybe, you know, you're taking a look at a guy and going, well, he took a step back in some of his overall play. It might be because of things that he's being taught, trying to prevent some of that stuff. But I do think it'll improve, but it's not not a concern that he's had so many over the years. So, okay, yes, but also... Two of them have been holding penalties. Only, or to this past year, only two were holding penalties, right? The holding penalties are the one I care about. Um, three false starts. If you watch him, he gets out of the blocks early. I don't know if all these false starts are just getting out of the blocks early and then blowing the play dead, or if it's actually not knowing the snap count or moving to, like really early, right? I don't know which one they are, but he's a guy that has kind of worked on that early snap jump that you see the Lane Johnsons do and Orlando Brown Jr. had did. So maybe he gets caught on a couple of those, two holding penalties, two illegal man downfields. You ever watch the Jaguars offense? I get the illegal man downfield. <laughs> no. Granted, you watch the Chiefs offense, same thing, right? So it, there's some stuff to clean up. Am I worried? No. Is it something of no? Yes. B. Higgs, the Bills GM, asks for us to give him a my guy. Maddie. I know that oh. you are actually getting to put my guys on the draft guide oh, yeah. this year. Um, I am not. I Just like I have in the past couple of years, I'm just doing kickers and punters and, and C-bat. I could, but um, frankly, I'm not as well-versed as I would like to be. Um, I mentioned two of them already. Keandre Coburn, my guy. Love that dude. Um, I also love DeMario Douglas. But Darnell Washington, since last year, I made the joke I would take that man one dot one and not think twice about it. And again, as a joke, I know, I understand tight end and all of that. I know where he's going to go in the draft. I don't necessarily condone for the chiefs to take a tight end round one, but man, Darnell Washington is 
fun as hell. And that's what my guy is about. Not about, you know, where he's going to go, what you think the value or anything like that. It's about watching him, enjoying watching him. And there, there are very few guys in this class that it is as fun to watch him run with the ball in his hands, block, do everything that he does at that size as Darnell Washington out of Georgia. Uh, so I, I will have a few and you will get to see them all in the KCSN draft guide. I, I don't want to, if people paid attention, you probably heard me talk about a lot of mine. So like, I don't want to, I'm going to stick to the ones I've already mentioned before, uh, just for now. Cause I don't want to spoil all of them. Um, I'm going to go with Nolan Smith. We mentioned him earlier. So that's why I'm going to bring him back up here. You will not find a defensive end, no matter how big or small that plays the run more violently or more aggressive than he does. And when then you consider that he is 200, sub 240 pounds, it just gets that much more impressive. And it on this point only got driven home when you see, okay, he's a, he actually is this freak athlete that you think he is on film, that he just hasn't reached that maximum potential yet. And then you hear him talk. If you listen to the pressers or anything he's ever said to the media in like a real situation and have come away from it thinking you wouldn't run head first through a brick wall for this man, you're lying to yourself. So like, yeah, I'm going to be drawn to a guy that can get me to do that over a computer screen that also plays the run that well at his size and that I think is an absolute elite athlete at the position. So Nolan Smith is definitely getting a my guy stamp. Usually for my guys, I try not to put them on guys that are going to go super early or that mm-hmm. kind of match projection of them. And now since the combine, it seems like Nolan Smith is climbing up draft boards. So if he is really going to go in the top 10, maybe I won't put the my guy stamp on him, but know in my heart, he is a my guy. It just, it doesn't work for how I see the exercise if he is going to go where I have him graded. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Maddie and I typically tried to place my guy stamps on guys that, I mean, like Akeem Davis Gaither was a my guy for a lot of us right. because he was just fun as hell round into round two, early round three kind of dude. Like, that, you know, that that's kind of where we're looking for guys like that. Not necessarily like, I mean, yeah, it, it was really fun to watch Jordan Davis play football, but I, I would right. put a my guy stamp on him, even right. though. So yeah. When, yeah. So when Nolan Smith was available in every mock draft of the Chiefs pick, my guy, because I think he yeah. was he should go before that. Now, if he's going to be going in the top ten, like yeah, I still love the player and would gladly take him there. It's just that's not how I perceive the exercise. So I, I kind of Maddie answered your uh, question here, but like also Nolan Smith is a my guy, and now it's on record. Yeah. Yeah. Will Anderson. My guy. Love that. You know, exactly. That sort of thing. Uh, shout out to S. Wallaby13. He asked a question about trading for a wide receiver that's maybe not one that is at the front of everybody's mind. Answered that a little bit earlier. Chief Golden Co. Does Brett Beach wait out the Jets? Cutting Corey Davis and call it good with a wide receiver room is constructed. And would you guys be good with that room to start the season? Matty, the Jets are loading up. At wide receiver right now and reportedly interested in Odell Beckham Jr., Aaron Rodgers. They got to make some room somewhere. How do you feel about Corey Davis? He's going to the Packers. That's yeah. that's how I feel. I think he's I think he's in the trade package. I think he goes to the Packers. Um, if he was cut, sure, bring him in. Um, okay, Corey Davis, if cut and you sign him, is like the one exception to everything else to where I think that means you don't have to take a wide receiver in round one but you probably still should. You can get to pick 31, and if your only option is Jalen Hyatt, excuse me, and you don't like him, then yeah, you can skip over it because of Corey Davis. Do I feel good about that room? Not exactly, but I think it'll be serviceable with another day two pick at wide receivers. Like, 
I think it's a viable strategy if it goes that way. Just I really do expect him to go to the Packers in the trade. I do too, and he's not especially healthy. That doesn't make me feel great about the health of the wide receiver room still. If he was healthy and you told me that you were getting Tennessee Corey Davis, hell yeah. We spent all offseason last offseason talking about wide receivers who can block and play an 11 personnel like it's 12 and all that. Corey Davis was one of the guys that was the resurgence of that again in recent history there with the Titans. So, yeah, if he's healthy, if he's available, I, I would like it. But, yeah, I'm with Maddie. I I still think an early wide receiver is still a focus. It's just not necessarily the solo focus that it might be at the time of this recording right here. Kay Goodell, our guy Christian, asks, will the draft party location have a basketball hoop for Maddie and Kent? All I can say is if it does, Kent won't walk in the building. Please. (laughs) Oh, that's true. He'll just not show. He'll get get COVID again. (laughs) Sure. Sure. Seafall Commander Co-GM says, pick one overall career, personal stats only, who comes out on top, Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, and Marvin Harrison Jr. Love the question, Maddie. Who you, who Marvin Harrison they, Jr. Brand strong. So. It's gonna be real. It's, it's gonna be really hard to catch Justin Jefferson, who's setting records and like the only player on his team that can catch the ball of a functioning offense, right? Like he's off to a killer start, so it's hard to pick a guy that hasn't played that might get unfortunate enough to get stuck in. I, I, I don't know who a terrible situation, right? Like he might go to an absolute terrible situation. That said, Brand is going to stay strong, taking Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, I I like that. I understand it. I'm looking at the post Kirk Cousins Vikings with a little bit of question. Like I I don't know. He's traded? Uh, yeah, maybe maybe he gets traded. If he gets traded, I feel a little bit better about that. Marvin Harrison, who the hell knows where he's going to end up? He could end up in a terrible team. Jamar Chase is going to be one of the two Cincinnati Bengals that gets paid by that organization, and the other one is Joe Burrow. I know that Joe Burrow is going to throw that man the ball 11 times in contested catch situations every single game, and he's going to put up crazy yards. I'm saying that Jamar Chase is going to be the guy, personal stats only from that regard there. All right, Casey, LV, a three, Niners. Uh, asked another question about wide receiver trade targets. Covered that a little bit earlier there. Jared, the Saints GM, who dat, asks, does Veach think he can find a Pacheco-type talent in the late rounds of wide receiver this year in the draft? And he throws out a name. Is it Xavier Smith from Florida AMU? Okay. Um, I'm glad that this question came in because we just did a live box draft where the, everybody got to vote for their their picks, the picks that we were making in this draft. And we got to the final draft, round seven. We were making the final pick. And we went with Craig's guide to Mario Davis, a wide receiver out of Liberty. I told Craig or Kent that was on there with me, hey, I wonder if Xavier Smith should be this guy in the poll because every time Steve Smith opens up Instagram Live, it's the only person he ever talks about. And so, like, this is a good time to talk about it. Um, you know, there's a chance. I would is I is he gonna do a pro day? I really want to see him do a pro day because sometimes when I watch him, he looks athletic. Other times when I watch him, he doesn't. And if you're gonna be like, I think he's like a five foot 
eight type of wide receiver, 170 ish pounds, like maybe five foot nine, 170 ish pounds. You got to be a really good athlete if you're coming from Florida A&M, if you want me to buy into that, that profile. And I don't know if he is because I haven't seen the testing yet, right? Some of the film is good, but you're playing against a lower level of opponent. So I think he's certainly worth a look later in the draft. Absolutely. I'm not going to call anybody an Isaiah Pacheco level steal because then they would be going in like round three. Yeah, that's a uh, that's one that Isaiah just slipped, and nobody's quite sure why. And now the rest of the NFL is questioning their choices there. Again, Demario Davis. Just take Demario Davis. He's a really good wide receiver. Love that guy. Hobo Joe ninety three says, "What is one position that you considered to have low positional value a couple years ago that you are happy that this team has invested in since then?" If any, he says, i.e., linebacker, running back, safety, I'll throw in interior offensive line in there as well, since the Chiefs has done that. Maddie, do you have one that jumps out to you of that that you are happy that the Chiefs have invested in? I mean, if we're gonna throw if we're gonna throw safety into this group, then that that's it for me. I like safeties. I think they're fun. I think they make a lot of things on the defense work. So yeah, I'm happy they do that. I- I think if you have really bad safety play, you notice it. If you have really good safety play, you notice it. If you're in the middle, you're probably fine. The problem is the NFL's going so far into the passing league and so far spreading stuff out where everything is multiple and so versatile that that the amount of bad is getting increasingly higher, right? Like that middle ground where you don't notice it is getting shorter. It's getting narrower and narrower. So like as long as you're in there, you're fine, but that takes investment anymore. So I, I kind of like that the Chiefs have invested in safety because I think it's a position that really does matter. I want to go linebacker. I do. I, I Especially this offseason. Like I, I know that linebacker is not an especially you know a position that needs to be attacked in the way that the Chiefs certainly have. But even with what they've done, I've really liked it. But it's interior offensive line. You cannot convince me that any left tackle or Creed Humphrey playing next to Joe Tooney would not have had the same career that they have so far. Joe Tooney has made so many things happen for this offensive line and grown those investments. Trey Smith, Creed Humphrey into the players that they are. Hell, I'll throw Nick Allegretti in there. I'll throw Andrew Wiley in there who was interior offensive line and got brought back and played right tackle for this team. There's a lot of investment that they've made in interior offensive line, and that has helped them with some of the guys that they have put outside of them, the, the quote-unquote more important positions there. Creed Humphrey's going to get a market-setting deal, and I think you know Joe Tooney got a market-setting deal. I think both of those are justified. I think both of those are absolutely what this team needed at the time that they added them, and I'm very, very happy that Brett Veach and company did that to keep Patrick Mahomes upright. BA Cyclone, we'll, real quick here, because we, we've touched on this a little bit. We'll just hit this real quick answer, Maddie. Let's hear what you would do at wide receiver if you were Veach. Try it, trade slash sign slash draft any combo. Quick hitter. I mean, I'm trading for DeAndre Hopkins because that buys me the reason not to be forced to take a wide receiver in round one or round two. Even like you can you can not draft a wide receiver till day three and be fine. So trade for DeAndre Hopkins, buy yourself some time for Tony for Sky Moore to develop and see what you get. If a good developmental wide receiver pops up, a guy that you know that needs work but has a high upside that could becomes available. A Quentin Johnson in round one, Tyler Scott maybe in like a round three. I talked about Kayshawn Booty earlier on day three, like. You now have the ability to take a high a high risk, 
low floor player because you don't need them right away. So Hopkins plus this high ceiling wide receiver draft pick at any point in time during the draft. Well, then just to be contrarian there, I'm taking Odell because I don't have to give up a pick and then I'm going to use the pick that I would have had to spend on DeAndre Hopkins at the high end. I'm taking Rasheed Rice out of SMU and I'm getting a big guy on the outside that can play jump ball. I don't know that it's something the Chiefs would use a ton of, but he does have vertical speed as well. He can take the top off the defense, can go up and get the ball. He needs to work on consistency, but that's why he's there in round two and not a guy that you need to have as like a day one impact guy and then turn around and move or move on from MVS in year three and know that you've got another guy on the outside that could do some of those things. All right. KZLV3 Niners asks, any more significant defensive moves before the hometown draft or are they done? I think they're done. Uh, I, I do think that they're probably going to add like a low money defensive tackle guys to round out the bottom of the roster. I don't think we're going to see a defensive end. I don't think that we're going to see, you know, a major move at any other level of the defense there. I think they're very content with the group that they have going in here and they feel good about where they're sitting to be able to fill out the rest of the roster there. And then after the draft, you know, if there's veterans there that we're talking about, some of these guys, I mean, Puna Ford is still out there bringing Puna Ford, but, you know, he if he's sitting there after the draft, go get him then. You know, you, you don't have to make that decision now. Yeah, I think opening it up to like signings after the draft makes it kind of trickier. I do think this. Uh, there's no way the Chiefs feel comfortable with Derek Nadi as their only nose tackle on the roster. They signed Brandon Williams midseason for a reason, and that was already after Colin Saunders started taking Derek Nadi snaps, right? He is not what they see as the long-term answer, or I don't even know if a short-term answer at nose tackle. So like Shelby Harris to me screams Chiefs signing, but that might be post-draft. There's no rush here. He's not going to count against the comp pick formula no matter what. If you want to wait to get a veteran nose tackle till the middle of the offseason, to the middle of training camp, so be it. Shelby Harris, Al Woods, Puna Ford, all these guys make sense, probably for me in that order. But like these, I think there's nose tackles that will be brought in from free agency to this team before the season starts. Yeah. Or Brandon Williams can come back. I mean, yeah, he, sure. he liked it in Kansas City. He was good. He was pretty good. I'll get another ring. Yeah, absolutely. Buddy, listen, ring factory over here. Last one, it's from Grayson. We open with Grayson. We're closing with Grayson. Grayson is great. Could you see okay, Veach don't do that. attacking wide receiver like he did cornerback last year? Matty, I, I especially wanted to ask you this one because you guys did in the KC Lab mock draft that you did, or more specifically, well, the folks of. that watch the the youtube show basically they they were the ones that helped pick all of these and so they came up with a lot of wide receivers that would be attacking it like you did cornerback last year how do you feel about that approach so kind of um this spurned a lot of talk on twitter over like a week ago or something like that um the reason that Chiefs did the cornerback thing and it worked was because trip mcduffie not the trade up for trip mcduffie because trip mcduffie was so good and he was a top 20 pick he was a round one pick the chiefs had to trade up for to get if you remove him from this and replace him with Roger McCreary, who was the next corner taken after the Chiefs' initial slot, it doesn't work as good. It's fine. Talk about Sherrill Worms. Holy cow. Yeah. It's a fine, it's a good cornerback draft. Joshua Williams, still a good football player. Jalen Watson, still a good football player. And Roger McCreary is actually not bad, but it's not what it was. It worked because Trent McDuffie was good enough to, one, 
play very good on his own. Two, mm -hmm. push Legereus Steed outside. And three, it gave the Chiefs the ability to play all these different schemes and do all this different stuff on defense. So, no, I don't think it works if you don't get that guy. Now, if you want to say the Chiefs sit there at pick 31 and draft Quentin Johnson, and then they also draft a guy in round four, and then a guy in round seven, and you want to call that the same thing, yeah, I would agree. There's a path to it to working, but I just don't know if that's a reliable strategy, which is what sparked a giant Twitter debate, because I don't think you can anticipate at the end of round one landing on a Trent McDuffie caliber of player. Not the draft value, whatever you want to talk about trading up. That caliber of player is unlikely to be there at pick 31. That's what makes it tricky. Now, will they draft multiple receivers? Maybe. I, the wide receiver room's hard. If Justin Watson's back, that locks four guys into the roster. And yeah. I don't know what the Chiefs feel about Justin Ross. I know fans really like him. There's talent there. It's like you're somewhere between four and five players kind of locked on the roster if we assume that Justin Watson is back, and judging by snap counts last year, he should be. I don't know if they have room for three guys. Last year, they had room for three corners, granted, and they didn't even trade to Lonnie Johnson until after the draft. It's like they had room for corners. I don't know if they have that same room now. Yeah, I I would I would agree with that. And yes, Trent McDuffie makes the world go round there. Like I, Again, we... I think people conflate some of Trent McDuffie's play with a couple of games there at the end of the year. We were talking about Trent McDuffie in a way in about like week 11, week 12, where we, it was like, man, if this guy was playing all season long, like he'd be, and yeah, Sauce is still getting the nod, and Tariq, but Tariq Woolen and Trent McDuffie would have been the talk. Like that's, it would have been yeah. those three guys. In the Tariq year for sure. Good. Yeah. For sure. Absolutely. But because he was hurt, he wasn't in the conversation. Then he's playing there at the end of the year and he was put more on an island more on his own and they trusted him to do that and so we got thrown out a lot especially out of the slot he wasn't bad um i know that he'll get better he's gonna come back full off season not gonna be as hurt that matters you gotta have a guy that you can count on to be more of a blue chip level talent Quentin johnson in my in my mind blue chip level talent like i i really do believe that i i think that that's a guy you can bank on if you can get him at 31 great if you got to trade up to 25, guess what? I'm perfectly sure. clear with it. Go get your guy. Like, I, yeah. Let's swing. I, I know. I know the whole concept of the guy, and I, I, I understand. I understand. I heard all of that, but it is what it is. May, you need to fill a role. You need to fill the spot. You miss out on that guy, and now all of a sudden you're trying to fill it with guys that you don't like as much and don't fit your roles as much. That's just not necessarily the way that you want to go and attack things. That's going to do it for 21 questions brought to you by Macadoodles. I thank Matt for be being here with me and thank all of you for listening all the way to the end of this one. We will be back with a live lab on Monday night unless something happens before then. We'll just see. But I'm, I'm not promising anything. I, that sounded like I knew something. Is that a tease? No, it's not a tease. I don't I know nothing. But uh, yeah, the, we'll catch you then on the lab. Be kind to each other, and we will catch you later. Craig is great. Thanks for listening to KC Sports Network. Don't forget to hit that follow button and leave us a review if you like what you heard and think others would as well. You can find all six of our channels at KCSN. Covering the Chiefs, the Royals, Sporting KC, and the KC Current. 
plus KU, K-State, or Mizzou by searching KCSN wherever you listen to podcasts. We're also on YouTube. Entertain. Educate. Inform. KC Sports Network. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.